Welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, <laughs> encourage, and support Christian indie writers on the journey to publication. Don't make me laugh. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what I said. You said I'm it Chris- right. Okay, I'm Christina Katane, and I write biblical fiction. Uh, I'm Jennifer <laughs> Carlton, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction. It was a great precast today. We should have <laughs> recorded it. Like, everybody is, I don't know what is going on, but yeah, welcome, everybody. <laughs> I think the reason that Jennifer is laughing is because before we went live, I was worried about remembering inform, <laughs> encourage, and support, and I kept saying it over and over, and then I messed up on the line before it. <laughs> I think you call it a pause cast, like a like puppy pause or something. Is it pause cast? We're going to celebrate all things furry. Well, I should have called it the Menno pause cast. Oh, hey. <laughs> there we go. Oh, yeah. Hot flash, hot flash. Mm-hmm. New oh, hot flash. That we have lots segment. of... We have lots of chat going. Lots of people in the chat. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Piper. Good morning, Tina. Ready. Good morning, Shell. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Good morning, Rhonda. Good (laughs) Good morning, morning, Rhonda. You're so multi-talented, Rhonda. I cannot type in the chat and read it and podcast. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I let one of them fall off. (laughs) Usually us. (laughs) Usually usually us. Okay, well, thanks for tuning in, everybody, and especially to all of you listening live. Uh, A big thank you to all our chatters and our listeners on iTunes and all those other podcast platforms where you listen to us. If you like us, please like and subscribe and comment and hit the star and the heart and the bell and the whatever. Just go crazy to start hitting buttons. (laughs) Oh my word. If you don't like us, also like and subscribe. Yeah, go and right. share. If you don't like us, boycott us and tell all your friends. Start a huge boycott. Be anti us. That's also awesome. Yes, yeah, so and be very vocally anti us. Just yeah, be passionate one way or the other. Hot or cold. <laughs> but before you leave, hit the subscribe. Please don't be lukewarm about the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. Right. Yes. No spewing today. <laughs> okay. We like to start, if we can speak without laughing, we are going to go around the virtual table and do our what's up segment. And I'm going to pick on Rhonda oh. to make her go first. What a surprise. Okay. <clears throat> Um, what's up with me is my brother and his kids have been down here. Um, it has been a fantastic week. It's been so relaxing and I've gotten a little bit more sun than I have been giving myself and I've gotten some writing done and, um, mom, I've given her the weekend to write the final scene in our, um, novella. Mm. And so So I will, I'll tell you what's happening Next week, uh, at the end of the podcast. Ooh. What you're saying is I should get in the car and drive up to your mom's house up north and uh, knock on her window to make sure she's uh, <laughs> and just sit there till she's done. <laughs> yes. If you would do that, I would appreciate it. Hey, yeah, and make sure retreat that I'm looking for. Writing retreat. Yeah, yeah, and make sure it's really dark when you arrive. And then Rana can call her and bring up those creepy doll dolls that you pass on the way by. And she could be in the right frame of mind and, for your visit. Doesn't the dead pizza guy live with her? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, mercy. Teresa says, 
So much laughter today. Oh, I know. My goodness. We're just getting started. That's the bad mm. thing. I don't know how it's going to end up. This I could... promised you that we were not drinking. Mm-mm. I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, I have LaCroix. Oh, no, I don't LaCroix. have my. <laughs> okay. What about you, Jennifer? What's up with you? Oh, I don't even know. Like all this time. And I didn't even like, think about what I was going to talk about. I um, see uh, uh, your plant has. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, the plant's got Will's hat back on. And mm. for those of you who don't understand who Will is, <clears throat> Will is the main character of book three. He makes an appearance in uh, book two, a pretty big appearance. But um, I know this week I got my chapters named. Yay! And that might not be a big deal because some of you don't even do that. But for me, um, it was important. And not only was it important, I was able to like, so I like my chapter names to kind of like, sometimes they just do the job. They just tell you where it is, but sometimes they like kind of give you insight about what's about to happen or it has like a double meaning. And I love that. And I was able to, to, to put a bunch of that in there. And so, yeah, it was just very exciting. Jamie helped me with a lot of them. Uh, my beta reader came over the other day and she helped me with a bunch of them and I came up with a bunch myself. And so um, I, they're pretty much done. So it's very exciting for me. So on to only thing I have left to do is write the dedication and the, um, uh, like the back matter stuff, like the acknowledgements. That's the word. That's it. So I've been very busy professionally and just homeschooling my kids. And it's just been a pretty good week. So Maria says her what's up still plotting on with her st- historical fiction. Decide to be very brutal to my characters this week. Aww. <laughs> I've also been enjoying Teresa's motivation stream on YouTube. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just need to get up early enough for that. <laughs> Piper says planning out the third book this week. Have one more. One new character started, one planned, a few more in the works. That's exciting. Um, okay, I'll go next. But first I wanted to tell you, Jennifer, I heard something somewhere. Someone was saying that instead of the link at the back of their book leading to the next book, they link it to the page that their whole series is the on. The series, yep. That was, um, was it David Gogren? No, no, it, no, no, no. It was... Um, on, um, self-publishing show oh okay that's what yeah. it was david gogren is big on that too it's a great idea it's a really great idea but there's things to think about too when you're in a book launch um that could be a whole nother topic but um, right. yeah, every time you it. add it every time you add a new book it changes that link but anyway yeah it's a great idea and um mm-hmm. um so i need to make sure i do that in my book my, back my book so mm-hmm. all that's coming up all that work so my what's up this week is I was convinced that my Amazon ads were not performing well <laughs> because it said that I had spent $20 and made $9. And so I was like, that's not good. So I was in this, um, the, um, I guess it was a zoom call thing uh, with Ryan Cohen. And there was like 11 of us in there and he asked if anyone had any questions so I piped up and I told him I, I have 190,000 impressions. I've spent $20, 101 clicks, but and I've only made $9. And he said, you don't, don't pay any attention to what Amazon advertising says that you've made. Because sometimes people don't buy your book directly from mm. your ad and they come back later or whatever. So he said, you take the total sales for that time period and that's the number that you use. And anything under 10 is good. And anything under six is really good. So I spent $20. I made $82. So that made my 
number, and I don't remember what it's called, but that number, 4.1. That's really good. So yeah. I was happy to find that out. So I'm tempted to ask you all of your tips and tricks, but I know that we have an episode coming up where we're going to talk about um, why why someone else might not be able to sell their book. So you you stashing away some tips and tricks for us, Tina? Um, sure. Awesome. <laughs> okay. What's up with you, Jamie? I don't even know what to say other than I'm having a lot of fun recently with my um, wardrobe because what I've decided is I'm just not keeping anything I don't like anymore because I spend so much time around the house. And then when I do visit with people, it's people who love me or people who don't know me. So it's just like if I only have clothes that I like, then any combination of clothes I put on should look great in my mind. So I'm just having a whole lot of fun, absolutely looking like a clown every day and then catching a look <laughs> at myself in the mirror, but just liking the whole look because it's like, I like this shirt. I like these leggings. The patterns do not match, but I'm like, I love my outfit. So I just want to kind of encourage everybody. I mean, who even cares if it follows whatever or doesn't even match? Because you can make it work if it's just two pieces that you really like. I mean, why not? Why not try something strange in this strange time? Yeah. That's awesome. Can I comment on? Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. You read my mind. Uh, Painted Vessels, uh, Gina, she overcame some doubt this week. Good for you. I am so proud of you because doubt is such a deceiver. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So that's, that's Gina's. Uh, What's up? Shell says that she wrote every day. Good for you, Shell. Mostly free writes and researching for a new short story. All good. Also struggling with news about a friend having breast cancer. Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, Shell. Very sorry about that. Uh, love all the laughter. I need the joy in the lo- of the Lord. Aww, we all do. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Jason says his what's up, slowly working on deciding where the villain of my book finds followers. Not much mm. writing and working a lot this week. So all those little details people don't think about with writing, right? Like, oh, I'm just gonna write a story. You know, people are like, oh, that's so great that you write. You don't understand. It's such a it's such a job, right? Yeah. And sometimes being away from your writing because of your other commitments is the time when those pieces fall into place for you. True. Yeah. That's very true. Or at three in the morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's go on to our topic for this week, which is super fans, how to create devoted readers. Um, so who remembers why we decided to do this topic? Well, can Jamie, I can I uh, break in here real quick? Sure. I apologize that my internet has been so spotty since I've been here in Florida. And let me just explain real quick that it's sort of like a party line system, like Jamie put it the other day, where... They're on a bulk system, and every time someone needs work done, everybody's internet goes out for a short period of time. Unfortunately, uh, an ATAT truck just drove down my street. Oh no! And I don't know if you saw me freeze a minute ago, <laughs> but if you lose me, you probably will lose me very soon, and I just will um, be on my phone in the chat. We understand that Friday's a beach day, Rhonda. You don't need to make excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Am I that transparent? <laughs> Every day's a beach day. Aww. I was going to uh, say, why is, why is only Friday a beach day? Uh, <laughs> I all right. We're praying really hard that that doesn't happen, Rhonda. Yes. Thanks yes. for letting us know so that we don't worry about you. So, Tina, what were you asking us? What? I was just asking if anyone remembered why we decided to do uh, episode on super fans and let's talk a minute about what a super fan is and the whole concept. 
Do you remember, Jen? I, I do remember, Jamie. <laughs> what it was is, is you brought up the fact that I say super fans all the time. And so oh. you were thinking that we should discuss this. So um, mm-hmm. I use that term a lot, that um, this is how you create super fans. And I, I just kind of throw that out there. Jamie's like, I think we need to stop here a minute. And actually look at what do you mean by super fans and, and how exactly do you do that? So to me, a super fan is somebody that is that follows you, that you know, not only reads your books, but is going to buy every book that you put out, that is going to support every um, promotion that you do, that it's going to share, it's going to, they're going to like, they're going to um respond to your emails as somebody that is isn't just a fan of your book so they, they come around and they become a fan of you and all that you are trying to do with your ministry as a writer so that's to me what a super fan is awesome okay so well <clears throat> i took the um the song super freak by rick james and i composed a parody video super fan and i'm going to play it for you guys not no, i'm just kidding <laughs> I was so excited. Don't don't do that to me. That's I was like wrong. For for a split second I was like, did you really have the ability to do that? It's playing in my head right okay. now is all it's well, I'm not gonna, gonna sing it. Oh come on. That's awesome. <laughs> Jamie, you should put that on our Patreon. Ooh. After you actually make one. Well yeah, we haven't really right. announced it where yeah. we're doing that or not. So I meant the video. Yeah. I know I meant we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. <laughs> oh, here okay. It is. Yeah, sorry. So let's talk about then the steps that you take to create super fans or devoted readers or whatever, you, stalkers, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> it's a fine line. It, it really is. <laughs> so, what's number one? Write a good quality book. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say. A professional product, um, I think we wanted to put the word professional in there for a reason, right? Like we, I mean, mm, we didn't want to say make sure it costs you some money when we said professional, right, ladies? We wanted to say right. of a certain caliber. Is that appropriate? Yes. Right. Yeah. When you when somebody's looking for a science fiction book. Um, they really do judge a book by its cover, and so that cover should scream science fiction. Or if you write uh, historical romance, it should scream historical romance. Um, and that's going to draw readers to your book for the cover. And also the blurb, pe- that's one of, that's the second thing people do. They look at the cover, and then they read your blurb to decide if this is the kind of story they want to read. Right. right. So you could have all, even though like step one uh, you should do anyway. We really feel like if you're going to have super fans, you have to start. This is your foundation. You have to put the time and effort into making a good quality product, good writing, good editing, good cover, good blurb. Put that time into that because you might have people that end up loving you. But if your your product isn't um, good quality, it's going to be really hard for for you to build super fans around that as well. So this is kind of what we feel is the foundation. So this is the very first foundation. And it's going to be hard for those fans to go and tell, say to their friends and everybody they know, oh, you have to read this book. Yeah. If it's not a good quality product. Yes. Because your personality won't carry it so far. Right. Well, and some of us more than others. So, <laughs> Well, that's what, but this is what we're going to get to this, right? Because yeah. you might be sitting there going, well, um, I don't have like the 
effervescent personality that Jamie has. So I guess I'll never have super fans. Your super fans are going to be different than Jamie's super fans. My super mm-hmm. fans are going to be different than Tina's super fans. They could all be Christian, but they're going to be all different kind of personalities because they're going to be drawn to you. But the foundation is good quality product first. Mine right. are super freaky. Ow. Super fans. Super, super fans. fans. They're super freaky. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> I know you're not. Okay. Number two, build a newsletter. Yes. We are going to beat this one to death. Every time you tune into us, you're probably going to hear this. We have a whole sideshow called Newsletter Chat just because of this. There is nothing more important to your marketing than building a newsletter. But we're not even talking about marketing today. Today, we're talking about super fans. And the second step to building super fans is having a newsletter. I would say the reason for this is because once you've written the book and once the person is excited about what you're doing, they're going to need a little bit of a regular reach out from you. It's difficult for people like me to understand because I've realized um, through testing or whatever that I don't have a lot of need for connection, but other human beings really do. And they need a little bit of a regular hello from you. If you ever played The Sims Uh, They're like, you can only have so many friends because you can only spend so much time talking on the phone. So the ones you talk on the phone a lot to became closer relationships to you in the game, The Sims, and the ones you don't call, they fade away. Well, it's just like that in real life with your super fans. If you spend too long without reaching out to them, they're going to just get distracted by the other things of life and forget that you were ever someone that they did care about. And I think that that's kind of a really good analogy because this is kind of like your phone call that you own your newsletter, right? You don't own Facebook. You can build the biggest presence on Facebook, which I'm not saying that's a bad idea. It's probably a good idea, but Facebook could decide to change their algorithms tomorrow. And then they're not going to see any of your stuff. For example, I started with a Facebook group before my newsletter. I still have that group. I still randomly post in there, but Facebook changed the algorithms to where before, when I first started, everybody saw what I would post. Now, about 10 to 20% of the people will see what I post. But my newsletter, I own that. And not only do I own it, it is direct communication to my readers. Make sure that you always do that. When you are writing your newsletter, don't say, hey, everyone, make sure, write it as if you're writing to one person. So, so that is your direct communication to them. And it is a way that you can use to build your super fans for sure. Right. And this is something that indie authors have that traditionally published authors don't because traditionally published authors don't have access to their readers the way that we do with our (laughs) newsletters. And I'm assuming that traditionally published authors nowadays can have a newsletter, but I'm not exactly sure on how that works. Yeah, I don't know if that's 100% true because I, I follow uh, quite a few uh, traditionally published Christian romance authors and they have their own newsletters because I think that um, no longer do they get that from their publishers. So some of them have caught up and have been doing that. Now, whether or not they're paying someone else to do it or not, I'm not really sure. But well, um, Somebody should call Frank Peretti and Ted Decker and tell them that Christina Catane wants to read their non-existent newsletter. They're exactly right because you're yeah. a big fan of theirs, but you could be more of a super fan if you felt that personal connection, right? Right. Somebody exactly. needs to call my podcast host and remind them that you're supposed to hydrate every time someone says the word newsletter. Oh, I'm going to have to run mm-hmm. to the restroom, and no one else is going to have to. And I'm really 
kind of upset about it. I forgot about that. That's our newsletter. Our, that's our our <laughs> drinking game. Maria said, I had a feeling newsletter would be high on the list. Is it because mm-hmm. we have newsletter chat? But if you if you are struggling with your newsletter or it's something that you are, um, you just really don't know how to move forward to that, all joking aside, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., Jamie and I, sometimes we have guest hosts, we'll, um, we get together and we just discuss newsletters. And so you can also go back and watch all the old episodes on YouTube. So Piper says, and people will move platforms. You can't be everywhere out. You'll spend, no. yeah, spend all your time doing social media instead of putting up books and you You're don't good. have control over the social media. That, right. Exactly. And Maria says, I'm kind of traditionally published and mm-hmm. I have a newsletter, although I'm an indie press somewhere in between. Right. So. Okay. Awesome. Phew. We say okay. for a while. <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> Only the two. Uh, oh, she's got a red solo cup. That's great. You know who played in the day. <laughs> I, I have no idea what my coffee all gone. Oh. Burn it. I have no idea what the significance of a red solo cup is, but that's all right. You has got one. Right. Anyway, n- step number three: make them feel special. Yes. <clears throat> I have something to say about this. Sure. Okay. So, as a child, reading it, I was in about third grade, I think, when I realized that different people wrote books. I don't know. It just never occurred to me before that there were different authors. I thought these books just magically appeared in the catechist or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. right? I get it. Me too. Yeah. I'm the same yeah. kind of... Yep. So um, probably Judy Bloom and Walter Farley were the two biggest influences in reading in Laura Ingalls Wilder, of course. And it never occurred to me that I could reach out and touch these people when I was younger. And back then, nobody really could. You could send a fan letter maybe. And so it's really been uh, something for me to work on to reach out to people who would be my fan base. Um, I just had to completely shift the way I was thinking about it. Because if I was a child and I could reach out and say something to Judy Bloom, oh my word, I was already a super fan. It would have sent me to the moon. I don't know what I would have done for her if I could have talked to her. Right. So 100%. I need to work on. Can we have an unscheduled discussion about what happens if you're uncomfortable with having super <laughs> This is completely not a feeling I expected to have. But as you're talking, I'm like, I don't want to be anybody's role model. I just want to write some fun stories. And now people are going to be like, you're, you know what I mean? Like you're can shaping we, my destiny or something. Can we put that to the end? Can we get sure? The, okay. Okay. So this is the area, the number three, make them feel special. This is the area that I really feel that this is where you make the super fans. Um, you know, the other two are kind of like your foundation, your steps towards it. But this is the point where I really start to um, like the making them feel special is um, is where it's at. Because I don't go out trying to find super fans, but I go out trying to like connect with my readers and make them understand that I appreciate them. And some of the ways that I do that is like I respond, number one, is I respond to all emails. When I send a newsletter out, if anyone writes me back, I respond. Sometimes it'll go back and forth a few times. And maybe when I get bigger, like a bigger following, I might not be able to do that. But at this point, like that's important to me. And um, I have found that with the people that do that, I get more engagement in other areas from them because they see me as real and I let them know that I, I see them. I'm not just this like empty figurehead that they cannot touch. So I have um, a couple of fans that respond to almost every newsletter that I send. Mm -hmm. 
um, and they've started following me everywhere. So they also like this one like we have like, I don't know, more than a dozen back and forth in the email. And then all of a sudden I got an email from her in a different email address. And I realized that she had gone to my blog and commented on my blog. Um, and so I have, uh, I have to change the email cause I started the blog a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to change that email over, but so I, I respond every time, um, you know, that she writes to me and it's more than one, but this one particular woman like actually went out and bought an Eskimo doll and named it Angelica, Aww. you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, there's that. And there's also this guy that a guy, um, that was in the Navy and he helped me with, with my knowledge of naval destroyers or whatever the name of the ship was that was in my prologue. And so he felt like some kind of connection to my book and he was instrumental in going, he went to the Christian bookstore in Flint and convinced them to buy my book and and sell it in their store. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, Another thing that I do, and we've, we talked about this too, ladies, that uh, to be able to include your readers in your process. So whether you do it through your newsletter or on social media, the people that follow you, um, like um, when I finished, when I was working on the book blurb for book three, I, um, I pretty much, I felt really good about the first three lines that I always do at the top of my, uh, of my blurbs. And so I made a little graphic about it. I put it out on, um, uh, my, I put it out, where'd I put it? Oh, on my blog, I put it on Goodreads and then I kind of threw it out there to include the people that follow me in the process of what I was doing. Um, one of you guys were talking about too, like including them, like to help you make decisions on things, right? Who was saying that? Like decisions about what about like what characters and everything you mean something like that. So one of you when we were talking about this, somebody brought up the idea of including them in the process of like helping you decide. People, I've seen authors do book covers, like choose between these two or things like that. mm -hmm. Right, I don't remember who said that either, but it was a good idea. And and so like Jason's talking about right now how I um in my private Facebook group I had a and in my newsletter both. I put a poll that people could vote um, for two of the new characters that are going to be in book two that we didn't see in book one. Um, and I, and they would vote and I would release a character bio for one I, of them. I think I recall um, when Tina had brought up that she had asked that gentleman to help her with that fact, it had reminded me that I had read in the book, how to win friends and influence people that the, one of the ways to make a friend is to let them help you. And um, that's because the person then is uh, endeared to you because they have helped you out. Um, How do you feel about somebody who you were able to help once upon a time? Probably pretty good. And so to include someone in your process by asking them to help you through something that's tricky can really bond them to you in a particular way. Yeah, it also gives them a sense of ownership almost um, to where, so that's why like this person was like pushing my book because he helped me write it in a way. So Teresa says, I posted a poll on Instagram this week to help me name my book. How did that go? I'm interested to see how, uh, what kind of results you got from that. So, so in your social media or however you're communicating, uh, whether it's through email or social media, whatever, um, 
you can include things that are um, like members only kind of exclusivity things and that, just to help people. Like this is where you can sign up to be in my arc team. You don't put that everywhere. You put it someplace that's exclusive for the people that are for sure following you or in, you can create a Facebook group. However, you're going to do it. You just create things that are um, what's the matter, Jamie? No, nothing. We're going to talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> you you try to create things that help your your followers feel like they are part of an exclusive group. And when you do that, just like Jamie said, when you do that and they feel like they are part of it and part of the process and helping you, then that then in turn, when you need them to help you, they're there and ready to mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. isn't that like the biggest help when you have this ARC team to read your book in advance and leave reviews so that on launch day, you can have that momentum to get your book seen by more people. Agreed. Okay. Um, number four. This might be why Jamie was like <laughs> covering her eyes. And put yourself out there. We struggled with this one because we are all four different personalities. And so we kind of struggled with like we knew kind of what we meant by it. But um, we we just want to like kind of talk about this carefully, I guess, because we don't want someone to think that we're saying that if you're shy, oh, too bad, you'd better get out there and start public speaking. And, you know, but there is something about like that getting out there a little bit, maybe even out of your comfort zone, if you're not comfortable with that, but um, just being where people can see you as a real person, right? Not just an avatar, not just like a cartoon drawing of you and no one ever sees you or has any sort of kind of view. If you can, if you can find it in you to put yourself out there somehow at where it is, this is the real Jen and this is um, who I am like doing a Q and a, or what we talked about things like uh, when like doing live book signings, some people are super scared of that. And I, to be honest, it scares me to death that no one's going to show up. I'm going to go there and I'm going to be alone. Like those things frighten me. But there are things that are good because if you want to build super fans, do you have to do this? No, but it will help you to build super fans, do things like that. Rhonda, I really liked when we were planning the outline how Mm -hmm. you um, had some things to say about Mm -hmm. um, people who are you feel like doing it kind of right. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's a woman out there named Tiffany Jenkins. Probably everybody's heard of her or maybe not. Maybe. Well, she has a huge following, so maybe you have. But anyway, she is just absolutely raw and she comes across as completely genuine and in general she's a comedian and in general it's funny but she is not afraid to let her fans see who she is as a person uh whether she's um you know being serious or funny and it's she's very inspiring when it comes to social media yeah and i think that key there is to be genuine you know put mm-hmm. yourself out there um it's interesting, too, because even the genuine might look different for different people, because sometimes the very act of getting out there, you have to play a role. And if that's yep. what that means for you, then then that's what you have to do to make it happen, mm-hmm. because it's a really sad fact that when you're an artist, the whole point of the creating the art is to communicate with other people. Well, unfortunately, that means exposing your art to other people. So how do you do that? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And what I think is tricky about this whole conversation, and yes, I don't think we need a separate point because we could talk about it right here, is you are literally exposing yourself to other people. And it can be very scary, but you have to take baby steps. So I yes. would recommend doing things that you're comfortable with. 
So, and finding activators in your life. Like Jennifer convinced me to do a podcast. You might not feel like you have your own message, but maybe you can find a buddy who will do something with you. And then your content will be better anyway, because um, two heads are better than one. And if you have Christ involved, well, you can't break that cord, right? So I just want to encourage you that if you're super duper shy, it's probably because you really are an artist and you really know how vulnerable you will be when you share. And you don't have to be too super scared because you created it to bless other people. And the people who are meant to be blessed by it will love it. And the rough stuff that comes, you'll be strong enough to handle it if you need to. I think Can I just, most- Okay, go ahead. No, go ahead, Tina. I would just like to encourage everybody that even if you at first feel a little anxious about something that you're asked to do, that you should consider it. Um, because I was asked to speak to a group of teenage girls last week, um, American Heritage girls, and they had to interview an author for a badge that they are trying to earn. And I, I was intimidated. I was a little bit nervous um, about going in front of a group of teenage girls. By yourself, so, right? Yeah, probably because I didn't have good, good uh, experiences with groups of teenage girls when I was a teenage girl. Mm. Right. So that was part of my like own kind of nervousness. But once I got there and I saw how eager these girls were, like the, some of those girls have dreams of being an author and they're like sitting on the edge of their seats and their mm-hmm. eyes are lighting up and and they really, really wanted to know like about being an author. And it was like the time just flew by and it was a great time. And I think I might have a couple super fans. <laughs> um, you know, this one little girl stopped me in the parking lot and just said, do you think that your book is in the library? So I, <laughs> so I gave her my book. Like here. <laughs> I think Maria can understand what you're going through too. Cause she just posted, I'm being interviewed at a zoom church event tomorrow night about my book. Wow. Be an author, oh. at least 51 people are coming. Yay. And we know Maria well enough to know that that is outside of her comfort zone. And so oh, that is exciting. Yeah. Maria, I'm praying Great that you will you. have the same experience that Tina did, that you will end up coming out of that feeling energized and refreshed and that God will show you like how you were able to like <laughs> affect people. Right. So mm-hmm. Piper says, Jamie, I love your heart and I love the way you do your newsletter, finding something you find interesting and sharing on that. Not so much yourself. I think that works too. Thanks Piper. Yeah. And Maria says, thankfully it's a <clears throat> style and I know the question. So that really helps. It's not just rambling. <laughs> uh, I write words uh, yeah. for 20 minutes. That's funny. Yeah. But it's up to you to come up with the content. That's super rough, you know, mm-hmm. but I think that's a really good thing to, to, to say too. So mm-hmm. if you are going to do either virtual or in-person, cause like any of these in-person things you can really do virtually too, uh, even in the world we live in is that have this, think about the safety net that you need. So mm-hmm. for Maria, luckily it was interview style and she got the questions in advance mm-hmm. and that's going to make her a lot more comfortable. When I go to do my first book signing in person, um, I'm not going alone. You better believe I'm not going alone. If some of these ladies here aren't showing up, I'm not going. <laughs> I, I mean, and then you can we'll take them. Yeah, you take them and not just to go, but like you'll need somebody like to be right there next to you talking to the, because I've been to other authors book signings and they always have someone next to them that talks to you first and gets your name before it hands it to the author. And that just having that person next to you that is already in like your squad, right? Just that gives you yeah. a comfort there and having another person out in the crowd, like getting your, 
uh, email signups for you. Like, so right there, you go into this with two people that are your squad, people that give you strength, that lift you up in prayer. Like you're already going into this with God behind you too, right? That will help you whether you want to do that or not. Because I know that communication is my number one. People think, oh, well, this kind of stuff's easy for her. It really isn't. Doing that kind of thing. If I had to get up in front of a group of people and just talk, I can do that. It's the things where I have to be out in front. Everyone's staring at me and I'm, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm waiting for a person to walk up to me. That's the stuff that, that frightens me. And so we got to find our own safety nets. And because I'm such a caring and generous person, any of you people who live in another country who want to fly me over to be your squad <laughs> for your, I will happily come. I, I will, I will do anything. I'm, I'm really easy to get along with. I've got zero money, but I'm, I'm totally a great companion and a perfect sidekick. So like, go me, call me up. I'm the there for you. sacrifices that you're willing your to squad, make for our yeah. listeners. And, yeah. and it can be a twofer because I'll come along for Oh free. yeah. And we'll taste all your food for you first to make sure it hasn't been poisoned, just like a professional author needs, right? Professional food tasters, Rhonda and Jamie, come with you anywhere you go, you especially the fancy restaurant. Fly us over in his private jet. Ooh, Jennifer can write one for us. I can write that. I don't know that it actually exists. <laughs> I'll write it for you, Tina. His name is Ryan, and he's in uh, A Christmas of Convenience, coming to all readers sometime this year. <laughs> awesome. Uh, right. okay. Marie's saying I'm so generous. <laughs> I like how she caught that. <laughs> all expenses paid. No problem. I'm there. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Does anything, anybody have anything else to say about super fans Mm-mm. other than they're wonderful and we love them and we want all the super fans. Love them. If you're not comfortable doing this and I, I love Jamie's heart for sharing that. If this is not comfortable for you, that's okay. Like if, even if this with a safety net, you're not comfortable and you don't want to have super fans. That's okay. You can still be an author. You don't have to have that. But if you want to go that next step and you want to have people that are going to be ready and willing to start promoting your book and support all you do, mm-hmm. these are our four steps that we suggest. Yeah. To and your book. poor little, you know, whatever your raw lobster that got peeled out of its shell when you wrote your book. And now you're like, well, here comes everybody picking on me about it. Too bad. I mean, if you want people to read your book. You have to be vulnerable and it's very scary, but just take baby steps. And again, only do what you think that is sustainable for you. Don't put on some fake act that you're going to have to maintain for however long until you go like crazy, like some of these poor celebrities do. You know what I'm saying? Like take Mm -hmm. it slow and, and just be cautious with your little self. That's all. Agreed. Okay. So now is many of our favorite time of the podcast, the feeding of the backs. This is where we have sprinted for 15 minutes before the podcast began. We had a prompt. We got our prompt. We got a timer. We sprinted for 15 minutes. And when it was over, we were done. No time to plan. No time to edit. No time to revise. And so because this is unedited, and written in 15 minutes. I'm going to say that as many times as possible. <laughs> um, we only give positive feedback. So I am going to pick on Jamie to go first today. I knew it. And Good. could you please let us know what the words were? We had five words that we had to use in our sprint. Sure, they are chimpanzee, formula, disagree, profession, and incident. And this I is don't usually think- the 
the point in which we uh, get angry at Tina for picking these words. <laughs> but I'm okay with these words this week, actually. I, I don't care about the words. Today, I feel like, um, yeah, like just the whole idea of trying to use them, I always fail. I think I got four of them. Anyway. Okay. Are you ready to hear it? Yes. It was a simple misunderstanding. A dropped cup of coffee on her desk and soil. I don't know. That makes no sense, the sentence. But see, a dropped cup of coffee on her desk and soiled the folder containing the formula. No one was able to cross-check the original. Mel held her breath, wondering if the lie was going to land. It was preposterous, of course, to think that the simple act of spoiling the original document would ruin an entire batch of foundation. No one would have had the reason to compare the original batch until after the problem was discovered, after all. But this flimsy excuse was all Jack had provided her before the two of them had been ushered in to speak to Mr. Merriweather. A dropped cup of coffee? Confound it. A cup of coffee can't buy up all the Prome stock for pennies on the dollar now that it's all been gutted. A cup of coffee can't save the big deal we had aligned with Fox Factor. I suppose you'll be telling me it wasn't even a person drinking the coffee, is that it? Perhaps it was a chimpanzee and not one of you worthless, thankless morons I had the misfortune to trust enough to hire. His face had never been so red. Mel wondered crazily if she should open a window. She twisted her left ankle, her foot slipping sloppily out of the side of her pump. Jack's own anxious and jittery movements weren't helping either. I want to know, Merriweather raged on, and all I want to know is who, what human being I mean, was unfortunate enough to be born with the burden of bearing my wrath for this calamity. She found it impossible to swallow, much less open her mouth, to inform the boss that it had been his very own pride and joy his beloved son, who had caused the mishap. Just as Mel was questioning for the millionth time her decision to get on that bus out of Otisville, Jack stepped <laughs> forward and slammed his fist to his sides. I did it, he said, taking a step forward and slamming his fist to his sides again because he loves that action so much. <laughs> Mel's mouth fell open. You, Merriweather, seemed incapable of saying another word. His face went the color of pastry dough so quickly. Mel again thought about taking impulsive action, this time reaching across the desk to slap her boss. He was in shock, after all. Here was his right-hand man, the confidant to end all confidants, admitting a mistake so colossal it was in danger of ending the company. Get out, Merriweather said to Mel in a voice so low and sinister. She slipped her foot hurriedly back into her shoe and scuttled toward the door. As it closed behind her, she sighed against it, then pressed her hand to it and whispered a prayer for Jack. It would have been so much better for him if Merriweather started yelling again. Time's up. So good. First of all, I thought for sure that you were building up that Jack was going to make her take the blame. Like he was going to blame her for it. <laughs> I was just so ready. For that. I, I was like, literally like, go back and watch. I was like ready for it <laughs> he turned out to be a good guy he did once again just the details i love character driven stories and i love your characters her with her foot slipping out of her shoe and then she slips it back into her shoe just those little details make the story for me thanks Agreed. Rhonda. i appreciate I, that i really like jack and that he's just throwing himself under the bus instead <laughs> of turning in the guy's son Thanks. I appreciate that. Oh, I thought Jack was the son. 
Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's what happens when it's a, you know you're just listening the first time, not reading it. I thought right. that was the sun. Oh, could be. Look, see, better. this I love because I just I just listened to a song that was very popular and found out that the the words of the song are totally ridiculous, but people put all this very philosophical meaning behind it. I love it when my art does that. So if you thought it was one way, yay. I mean, I'm. It could right. be. It could be. I could go back and totally say, yeah, that's the choice I made. No, yeah. I mean, you know, good. Right. I love it. The color of the pastry dough. Ew, lol. <laughs> Tracy says, "Wow, I want more." Oh no, nice. oh, my word, that was awesome, and I love the voices and the get out. That was so good. Oh, yeah, what a great character and so many words. Wow, I know. Oh, some twice. Okay. <laughs> Those de- details really drew me in. Yeah, great, great oh, work. Thanks. Mimi. I appreciate it, guys. And I love the shout out to Otisville. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, do you have the word count on that? Um, I could get it in a second. I got all of my uh, blabbity blab that I do to introduce because I write these live, by the way. If you ever want to see me how I write these, um, I write them before we like I go live on my Facebook page, which is not working at all ever other times. But on Fridays, I do post some stuff. (laughs) So if you want to see me actually write my sprint, you can. I can't tell you what time. Too bad for you. All you get is that it'll be sometime between nine and ten. So let's see. It looks like 470. That's awesome. Wow. It seemed like about three times that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that. Does, it seemed like it was a lot more. Okay. Speaking of low word counts, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to read this really fast and get it out because it is, well, I won't say. All right. <clears throat> I don't even know where I was going with this. So if you don't, don't feel bad. Is this the story? Uh it is now. Okay. <laughs> After that outburst, the boardroom was quiet. I made a mental note that tantrums work on this group of overaged adolescents. <laughs> Hoping I wouldn't have to use it again, I tried to rebutton my collar, forgetting that the button shot like a missile off my collar and bounced all the way down the center of the 12-foot table during the incident, my <laughs> display of dominance. I know many of you probably disagree with me, but I've been in this profession a long time and I know the formula works. Who is ready to take another vote? I was sure I'd get my way now that I reminded them who's boss. I took a long, slow sip of my coffee to disguise my smirk. Chester timidly raised his hand enough to barely show above the conference table. I called on him before he could hide it again. Chester, you have an opinion? It's usually no trouble to back him down if he thinks I'm mocking him. Ms. Brown, I don't think a semi-driver with a chimpanzee is believable. He looked like he could cry. That's it. It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. Why do you not like that? I'm so confused. Why you? I not just like didn't it? know where I was going. It's not that ah. I really don't like well, that part. Obviously, but... you're the producer of that one movie. Oh, what was it called? BJ and the Bear. BJ and uh, the Bear. I think you're so worried about not having the elements of story mm-hmm. that you just don't recognize how beautiful your writing is. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I just was kind of wandering around aimlessly when I was doing that. It's wonderful, wonderful writing. Well, yeah, I, I loved, loved the end where where it was obviously BJ and the bear. And yep. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, very good. Chimpanzee, what else am I going to think of? Yeah. I loved the um the button bouncing down the middle of the table. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh like I just was there. I was like, oh. So that brought me in. I really thought that was awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love the whole, I love this character of like, well, now I showed him who's boss and usually I can get Chester to do my thing. Like, I mean, it's just so great. It's so great. Mm-hmm. 
Piper says zing. <laughs> <laughs> there went the button. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go next, and then we will have Jen go. Let me just get my thing open. Okay. Amelia sat with her elbows on the table, rubbing her temples. It did nothing to ease the throbbing pain, only chased it to another part of her head. How had things come to be so wrong in her life? The small lamp on her desk illuminated the small circular area, illuminated a small circular area, pulling her eyes to the calendar. On February 14th, the big red heart stared back at her, Brad's name screaming out from within its border, written in Amelia's flowing script. He'd made an excuse why they couldn't go out. He had an interview with a big-name podcaster who wanted to feature his book, <laughs> Relationships 101, How to Find the Woman of Your Dreams and Keep Her. How ironic. Not wanting to disagree with him, she quietly acquiesced and expressed her disappointment in private to her cat, Oreo. <laughs> he never failed to purr his approval of her. <laughs> she'd, gone outside with, she'd gone out instead with a group of girlfriends who also had no dates for the night. They decided they deserved the best restaurant in town. It was all fun and games until she looked across the room and saw Brad at a cozy corner table mm. with a beautiful blonde in a dress that was too short both on top and on the bottom. He was leaning forward across the table as if he wanted to crawl over it and into her lap. Amelia had left and come here to the lab. She didn't want to be home if Brad came looking. She didn't know what she was thinking. The moment she entered the lab, the incident from earlier in the week flooded her mind. Even her dreams of being successful in her profession was in shambles. Rosie the chimpanzee had been nursing her newborn when Amelia had left her alone for just a moment. Rosie was a new mom and a hesitant one. She had had to be coaxed to hold her little progeny upon his birth and coaxed even more to nurse him. It had been decided she should not be left alone with him during nursing until they were more confident in her mothering skills. Amelia had turned her back for only a moment. When the horrible screeching split the air, she ran back to find the baby chimp lying on the floor and his mother attacking the female chimp in three, two, one. Oh, mm. darn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hate that timer. I know, too. Me, too. So, Brad's a jerk. Big fat jerk. Did she? Brad, get you loved Brad. You love Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a commercial. Oh. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. So so many questions, but so well written. I love it, Tina. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. You know, sometimes when I um I think something I used to do is just think, well, the story is just what people are saying to each other, but the details are so important. Mm-hmm. Your description of the dress, too short on the top, too short on the bottom. Right. That's great. Piper Those agrees. are the things that really make a story so believable to me. That's what Piper said too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true because um, it kind of tells you a lot about the person mm-hmm. by saying what her dress was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the kind of like, and it can be a contrast to how your character would dress. Right. Like, so it's very, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. The details that you choose to, as an author, it's mm-hmm. part of your voice. It's great. And I really haven't decided yet. Is she mis- misunderstanding? Like maybe that's the podcaster and he's just passionate about his book. Mm. And she misread the body language. Mm. Mm-hmm. The thought crossed my mind while I was writing. But interesting. Yeah, or maybe you she's been know. forced. Maybe she's been forced into that dress because she's on a commercial shoot and she hates it and there was nothing to cut. Co- I mean, who knows? Like right. there could be a million billion that's great. 
Mm-hmm. Really great. Or, I wanted to keep going like too, Jason, but they said I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that also supports a theory that you should always confront and throw water in the face. Always. Always. <laughs> when in doubt. I would throw water on the girl though. That's, that's you gotta get me. um you gotta get in your your inner Julia sugar glider and march <laughs> over there and tell them what's up. I wouldn't do the girl because you she might not know about you. Mm. He's yeah, the he's the dog. I am. I'm going yeah. after her. <laughs> okay, Jennifer. All right. Before I go, uh, there's always a delay. So I want to uh, hit these um, that we're talking about. Rhonda's. Rhonda Jason says the end was really funny. Piper says, I agree, Jamie. That's how most of my stories start wandering around aimlessly. Rhonda, I love how it's from a woman throwing a tantrum. And yeah. that's so good. So, mm-hmm. okay. So here's mine again. What? I just a painted vessel. She says her cat's name is Oreo. That's cute. <laughs> oh, is it black and white? It's a cameo. If he were orange and named Oreo, I would have some questions for the family. <laughs> I right. had a cat named Oreo, but he died. Okay. So again, I hate the timer, but here we go. Audrey chipped away at the formula. The squeak of the new dry erase marker bouncing off the board and echoing through the room. Audrey loved when her teachers got new markers, though it really only mattered if Mr. Martin's markers were new. She was never called to the board to solve a sentence structure issue, though much of the history notes Mr. Brown displayed for his students could have used her help. She finished the problem that, in her humble opinion, even a chimpanzee could solve and returned to her seat. Good job, Mr. Martin said, putting his phone back in his pocket. He didn't bother looking at her solution, which bothered Audrey. She knew it was correct, and obviously so did Mr. Martin, but that didn't mean she didn't deserve a little more sincere accolade than a half-hearted, good job. I disagree. The voice came from the back of the room. Excuse me? Mr. Martin asked. There was a quiet shuffling of bodies as every classmate came fully awake to the incident unfolding around them, and bodies turned in unison to spy the source of the voice. Audrey turned as well, and her eyes followed the parting of the student body to settle on the new kid, Aaron Palmer. I disagree. I don't think it is a good job, as you said, because it's inc- it isn't correct. Humph. The noise came out louder than she had planned, and all eyes shifted to Audrey. It is correct, she said with confidence. Mr. Martin stood staring at the board, probably the first time he had since the writing since writing the problem on it. I don't see any problems. Without being asked to, Aaron stood and approached the board. He was tall and lanky and had the athletic build of a basketball player, not that Audrey had noticed. He picked up, picked up a red marker and drew a line halfway through Audrey's solution. Hey, she protested. Aaron didn't acknowledge her, but began working his own magic on the problem directly next to her work. It took him only a moment. Then he turned, dropped the marker on her desk with a wink, and then returned to his seat. Whoa, Jim Kennedy said. Three, two, one. No! I mean, what? I need feedback to know only. what the problem is. Jennifer, it was so great that I didn't want it to end. Oh, hey. positive I, way to frame yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, really. Fingers, that's the most positive. <laughs> yeah, that's really the most positive thing I can say about a story is if it ends and I want more, it's mm. like, what are you doing to me? Hey, mm. appreciate that. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that uh, the new guy came in. And I also want to know how does she feel that she was wrong? Right. I didn't get to there. I want to know. How did she feel know. about the wink? 
See, we care. So that's, that's a sign of good writing. I got to say, quiet shuffling of bodies is perfect for the moment when Mm -hmm. a room is activated. It was a very good turn of phrase. I love that. Probably end up in my work somewhere. And I love the squeaking of the markers on the whiteboard. I did too. I was instantly back in my cold first hour science class hearing (laughs) that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Lots of great comments in the chat for you too, Jen. Oh, thanks. Thanks, we everybody. Got, uh, Shell saying it was great tension building, and Piper loves the disagree and the love it. He winks. Teenage <laughs> romance swoon. Funny. <laughs> Jason says the squeaking markers made him cringe from memory at school. Yeah, that's fun how you could do that to people. Like, actually give them a memory. That's fun. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, and now Piper is wondering, is she actually wrong or was it just a different? See, so many questions, Jen. Yeah, because gonna... he winked at her. So what yeah. is that? Yeah. So many she... things I need to know. Right. Yeah. Which, is she arrogant? Is he arrogant? Are they both arrogant? I don't know. Do you know. know, Jen? You don't know yet? Um, I, I th- She's wrong. And uh, she's never had anybody take her down off of her, uh, her, horse. Pedest- her pedestal of being the smartest kid in class. And, you know, and so now this guy shows up. So, hmm. yeah. So that's all I, I know. I'm feeling her pain. I don't want to venture out into like teenage romance, but that would sure be a fun story to write. My first novel, complete novel that I ever wrote was in the eighth grade and it was a teenage romance and I wish I could find it. So I wrote something in junior high called when the asterisk, 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 asterisk hit the fan. (laughs) And the asterisks actually stand for asterisks. Like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> I wrote something about a girl who lived in a fort for my first really big piece. I wonder if I still have it, like, you know, Fort Michelle Mackinac or something like that. I wonder uh-huh. if I can find it somewhere. I'd be really curious to know mm-hmm. what my brain thought that life would be like. Like what? Because <laughs> I was a kid. So mm-hmm. I just wonder. She went and planted her tomatoes or whatever I would write. I don't know. Mm. Funny. My first story was a Black Stallion fanfic. Oh, that's sweet. So probably about the same age as me. Oh, you did that. Pro- yeah. Well, I, it was in sixth grade. Um, yeah, it was a our teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in seventh grade. It was one or maybe eighth. But um, my I hand or so I would hurry up and finish my English assignment, and then I would spend the rest of the hour writing in this notebook, doing writing the story, and then the other Jennifer that sat next to me would read it. And then I finished it. I wrote a whole book and then she read the whole thing. And then somebody else asked to borrow it. And they read, so I went around to like seven or eight people and then it got lost and nobody would admit that they had it last. And so I let, I, I don't know where it ended up. Wow. So me. Mine, I would deliver mine in episodes. So like, mm-hmm. a, like a, it was like a soap opera. So <laughs> I Charles Dickens. And I would bring it to science class and everyone would pass it around. And I never got it back at any time. <laughs> I just like would keep writing episodes. That's awesome. <laughs> make everybody laugh. I like to make everybody laugh. Piper said her first one was a sci-fi dystopian. I still have it handwritten in a spiral notebook. No, Jesse, I wish I had mine. I'm sure awesome. it was terribly written, but enough girls liked it. So I just wish I had it. So. Hmm. Okay, if well, you're out there and you have seen Jennifer's notebook, what if we can find it through the power of social media? I might go to the reunion just to start asking around just as detective work. Or wait until she's famous and sell it on eBay. Right. For, oh, buy oh, it. Goodness, a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> okay, so now it's time for we go all go around and say what's next. <laughs> I'm not you're sure laughing at Jason's, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta share it. Sorry. Jason says my first one was about T-Rex and Lefty. <laughs> he, he had only one short arm, right? 
Rusty the T-Rex. That's very cute. <laughs> okay, sorry, Tina. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Jamie this time. Oh what's no, next? what's next? Well, if you are not a member or subscriber, I should say, of the Writing Shorts newsletter, please go to www.writingshorts.net and become a subscriber. I send out a free short story every month, plus giveaways and more little articles that I think are fun. It's a really whimsical, fun little read. And every once in a while, I try to sell you one of my books. All it costs you is an email address. Head on over www.writingshorts.net. All right. Jennifer? Um, I am going to finish my interior, which means writing my um, my dedication, which is going to be the hardest part, uh, to be honest, and uh, just emotionally. And then writing um, like all my acknowledgments and things like that. And then I'm going to get a copy to, um, I, by, by next Friday, I will have ordered a physical copy for the copy editor. That's my plan for this week. Okay. Um, I'll go next. I am, I did have some paid advertising, like little gimmicks for my book. And I hit number one in January for like 48 hours in my, in the Christian fantasy Kindle genre uh, niche. And then I did the same thing again in February. And so I have like this momentum that is going because of Amazon's algorithm. Mm -hmm. And so on Monday, I, I increased my price. I had lowered the price to 99 cents for the months of month, January, February. And I increased the price to two ninety nine. and I'm still selling one or two books a day. That's so awesome. I'm really excited about that. Um, but you can still get it for free for being a listener to this podcast. And you can go to christinacatane.com and sign up for my newsletter and get a free ebook. That's exciting. If, yeah. Oh. Maria says her what's next, the book event. So excited for you. I cannot wait to hear how it went. Also, more personally, my husband's starting his new job and our move is feeling more real now. We'll be sad to leave our tr- current church. Yeah, that's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you feel like they're family and then you have to go start a new family. All right. Jason's what's next. His goal is to write 5,000 words before the podcast next Ooh, Friday. Ooh, okay. Let's see wow. if we can remember that he had this goal so we can ask him if he made it. Also, if we can ask up- him about his stuffed animal T-Rex name, <laughs> Lefty. I didn't know he actually had, he had a stuffed animal. It was the inspiration for the Lefty story. We need to see anyway, pictures. Yes. Pictures or it didn't happen. And Jason, we're going to expect to see you in the live writing sprints that we do every Monday and Wednesday at 8 a.m. till 10 a.m. right here on the same channel. Because if you're not there, we are definitely going to call you out because we just enjoy doing that. No one out. We don't call anyone else out. If you don't come, that's fine. But Jason has to show up. <laughs> Nina says, my second book is in pre-order and I'm about to write chapter 39 of book three. Oh, Yay. wow. That's great. Very awesome. Good. Awesome. Okay. Did, every- did everybody go? Rhonda. Yep. Oh, Rhonda. No. Need- no. <laughs> Good try. Rhonda's internet's about to go out, I think. Oh. <laughs> like, how convenient. <laughs> uh, so this week coming up, I'm um, editing, and I'm really not going to do anything else besides edit pretty much all week. All right. It's going to be editing. awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in the same boat as Teresa, because she said her what's next, still editing. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's a terrible job, but somebody has to do it. I'm glad <laughs> it's yeah. a big time. <laughs> editing. Yes, the dreaded editing. Okay. Well, if nobody has anything else, 
Uh, this concludes the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye. Bye. Bye.